Hello and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. Stacy Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how's it going tonight? Going good, man. Just waiting on this rain to hit for the next 20 days, it seems like. Yeah, we're soaked up here in North Alabama right now. Yeah. And it's just going to get worse. Yes. But uh, we got several things to talk about today. Uh, we're going to dive into some, you know, Alabama basketball and uh, some of the staff, the final staff I guess names and announcements uh, for the football program, and uh, we'll also talk a little bit of the NBA and kind of the LeBron and KD uh, debate that's that's kind of been made since Durant won the MVP last night of, of the All Star Game. So yeah. uh, we got several things to talk about. We're going to try to squeeze it in in about thirty five minutes or less. So we'll see how we do there. But uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is. Something that's kind of been disappointing over the last week, and that's uh that's album and basketball. Uh, you know, it's uh it really is a roller coaster ride with this program over the last several years, and it just doesn't seem like that's ever going to change. No, it's not. Uh, it's it, you know it's it's a it's a multitude of things. Obviously, we're not the most talented team offensively. Yeah. Uh, but we also lack energy and effort on the defensive end, and we've been talking about that all season long, and uh, that's the part that's frustrating. It is. And, you know, I just I just don't understand it. You know, Avery talks about, you know, it's a tale of two halves. Well, Saturday, I just wish we would have got, you know, one good half. I mean, it it was a – you know, it was ugly to say the least. I mean, we we was just flat offensively and, and in front of your home crowd. I mean, that's – And it was a good crowd there. It was. And it was just it's embarrassing to, you know – to to lose like that on your home court when you know usually in in basketball especially you know home court advantage means a lot because anybody can go anywhere and and win but when it's at home it's it's a different story it seems like but you know Alabama just you know couldn't couldn't get out apparently they didn't they didn't come out of the locker room you know because they they played terrible yeah it 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 really was just a bad performance all around I mean just. Like Jake said, they were stuck in the mud on the offensive end. Yeah. And Florida just come out with more more fight in them. They did. And, you know, that's on Avery. I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's his job to get them motivated. Obviously, I think he knows a lot about basketball, and, and he can coach basketball really well. But it, it takes a certain personality to equip these 17- to 21-year-olds with uh, – with the kind of mindset that it takes to play, uh, you know, Division One, Power Five college basketball, on a night in and night out basis, and and play with a lot of energy and a lot of effort and a lot of toughness, and and it just seems like Avery doesn't have that personality to get that job done. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he can change that, but you know, we're almost through his fourth year, and and it's still the same old same old stuff. So uh, something's got to change. As far as their schedule goes, they got uh, three home games left and three road games, and none of them are easy, really. No. I mean, obviously A and M and Vanderbilt are up next. Uh, they're 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 lower, the bottom feeders of the SEC, so to speak. So, uh, you know, they should win both those games, and if they have a chance of making the NCAA tournament, they need to win both them games. Yeah. If they lose either one of them games, it, mm-hmm. I, I believe it would probably put them on the outside looking in. Fortunately for Alabama, the next four games are all really big games, and if they, you know, win two of three or two of four or, or three of four, then they would get themselves back into the tournament talk. But it's 
that's a long way from now. I mean, we're we're sitting here on a Tuesday, February eighteenth, and, and tomorrow night they play on the SEC Network at A and M. It's Monday, and uh, so uh, yeah, Monday. Uh, so we uh, a lot of basketball to go. Their last regular season game is the ninth of March. So yeah, there's still uh, you know, several weeks to go in, in the regular season, and a lot can happen. Uh. I believe they closed last year regular season on a five game losing streak. I think so. So and had to win, you know, the first game against Yeah, yeah, know, won, yeah, won the first game of the SEC tournament, you yeah. know, on that buzzer beater by Sexton. So you know, it's uh it's it's just been frustrating and we've we've said that word a lot when we've talked about Alabama basketball. And what scares me is, you know, you talked about the, you know, A and M game and the bandy game, but you know, South Carolina's overall record is not that great. It's thirteen and twelve, but they're eight and four in the SEC this year. I mean, they apparently they I don't know much about them. I know they apparently they had a tough, you know, out of conference schedule, but in the SEC they've they've held their own. They beat Auburn. Yeah, they got creamed by Kentucky. Um, the only saving grace for Alabama is they got a good win against Kentucky. Because Kentucky's looking like they may be the best team now out of the SEC. They're coming to their own. Um, they just had a big win against Tennessee. But my my thing is about this team, we talk about, you know, the inconsistency. Why can we go to Tennessee and pretty much – when we had them beat, we just, you know – but that was a tough environment. They was the number one team. And we looked like, you know, we came out and played our hardest. Then we play against uh, – I'm not – taking anything away from Florida, but they're a middle-of-the-road SEC team. They're 6-6 six six right now uh, conference record, and they're 14-11 overall. But we was at home. We should have beat them, and we come out flat. I mean, like you talked about, the motivation is not there. And I don't know what Avery's got to do. I've, I've read people saying that he's lost control of the locker room. I don't know if that's true or not, but – I don't think a team's going to give up on him, but but they did not come out and play Saturday, that's for sure. Well, my the thing is, Alabama has two SEC home losses, and both of them are inexcusable. Yeah. You can't lose at home to A&M, and you no. can't lose at home to Florida, to this Florida team. This Florida team is not that great. No. They have a really outstanding defensive team, but they struggle offensively. Yeah. And Alabama just could not seem to, to put any kind of – uh, they just couldn't put any kind of pressure on that Florida offense, and it was just, it, it just really was a bad performance all around. To only score fifty three points at home, that's yeah. pathetic. So, uh, yeah, that's just uh, then then two home losses. I mean, if if you have those two wins, instead of being at six and six in conference play, you're looking at eight and four. Yeah, exactly. And you you we have a totally different outlook on the season. So, yeah. you know, th- those two games are are you know are kind of leveraging this team whether mm-hmm. they're going to make the NCAA tournament or not. So, uh-huh. like we said, there's a lot to go uh, to, to play for the rest of the way. You know, there's been talk about maybe a lineup change. You know, Avery said there's nothing, you know, that that's off the table. I think they need a lineup change. I'll, I, but I also believe that they need to have a uh, an attitude change. Yeah. Um, I also put a, a, a poll out after, on Twitter after the loss – and uh, I said, you know, how confident are you in Bama Hoops' chances against uh, A&M Tuesday night? Uh, 20% of y'all had 199 votes. Uh, 20% was very confident. 
56% was not confident, and I put a third option in there was the coach has got to go. That was 24%. So, you know, about a quarter of people think that, you know, Avery's time, you know, is up. But, I mean, I don't want to say that just yet, but if we lay an egg against A&M and Vandy, you know, I, I don't even – he's still got – I mean, if we, if we can beat, you know, LSU and Auburn, I may, you know, it would be great. But – I mean, I don't know if this team is able to right now. Well, I uh, I, I, I was pretty emotional after the game Saturday, mm-hmm. and I probably tweeted a few things that I probably shouldn't have. But I'm not going to delete them because I'm going to stand by what I said because I said it. Right. But uh, they, uh, I, you know, I, I tweeted out a couple times that they had to fire Avery that they, you know, they shouldn't even let him coach another game, and that's probably a little premature on my part. But the fact remains that he does not seem to have the ability to keep the team motivated. Yeah. I mean, Jake, of course they're going to be motivated to play Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. Of course they're going to be play, motivated to play the number one team at the time in Tennessee. Yeah. Of course they're going to be motivated to play LSU in a couple of weeks. Of course they're going to be motivated to play Auburn at home in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, that that's that's like – it's just that's a given, but you have to be motivated to play every game. Exactly, every game counts, and 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 that's the thing that's just really, once again, frustrating. It I is. mean, I don't know of another word to use besides frustrating. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Avery turns it around and Alabama goes six and zero over the last uh, six games of the regular season. And and the truth is, they're capable. Yeah, they, they are. have the talent. Yeah. And you know, we we talked about it. You know, when I feel like we are at our best when, when Dante Hall is getting some looks inside, getting, you know, getting more involved in the offensive end. Uh, he only had 11 points against Mississippi State in that loss. And against Florida the other day, um, he only had um, 10 points. So, I think we got to go back to him. But, I mean, I've got I've to have more out of, out of days on Ingram. Yep. You know, I mean, this dude, I think he's been on the team, what, three or four years? Yeah. And he only got two points the other day. I mean, you he's got he's got to play better. And and it seems like um, what game was it that Mac went off? When it seems like when Mac's going, you know, we got to get him going early. But he only had four points. I mean, we've you know we just we got see. And this is where this is where Avery comes in. Yeah. To to me, they try to use Dazon Ingram too much as a, as a primary ball handler. He's not. The primary ball handlers for this team need to be Kyra Lewis mm-hmm. and Herbert Jones. Exactly. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm sorry. There's yeah. nobody else that needs – not even A.J. Jr. He does not need to be one of the primary ball handlers. And I understand he played He played 18 minutes of the day, of course. I guess he's going to get him some time in because he's getting blown out. But he better not be playing in any close game. A.J. Jr. Well, cannot uh, score. He's, he's, he's one of them guys that's off and on. He's liable to put up 20 I know. in – Ten minutes of play, or he's liable to turn it over seven times and yeah. get blocked twelve times in a matter of five minutes. I know. So it's just uh, there's no consistency out of any of the yeah. players, truthfully, nor, other than Kyra Lewis and Norris. Uh, Norris he played nineteen, had zero points. Yes. I mean, but to me, uh, Ingram is the guy that you need to 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 run uh, screens for, yeah. and to to be a spot up shooter at the three point line because he is a fantastic three point shooter this year. He's fourteen to thirty one on the year. That's awesome. So you need to get. I mean, he needs to get touches on the perimeter to get some shots off. Yeah. And then you need to post him up. You don't need to let him dribble the ball. No. He's and 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 
And another thing is Petty probably needs to be inserted back into the starting lineup for days on. I agree. And the reason is, is Petty seems to play more consistent than days on. Yeah, he has. That was that was not the case last year. John Petty was not a consistent player, but he is a more consistent player this year in his sophomore season. So he he needs to have more of a a role, I think, in the starting lineup. And and uh, da, da, like Jake said, Dante Hall needs to get more touches, especially early in the game. Yeah, we we need to start our offensive uh, games, you know, trying to feed the post. And yeah. we didn't take advantage of 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 that Saturday. Mm-mm. And uh, I know against. Uh, Against Auburn a couple of weeks ago, I don't think Dante Hall touched the ball until like ten minutes left to go in the first half, unless it was a rebound. Yeah, the the, the thing, and, and I, I want to touch on Dazon again. He he's a guy that that doesn't need to be a primary ball handler. I know he was a point guard in high school, but this ain't high school no more. This is college. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is high level college basketball. So he's not a primary ball handler. He uh, he needs to be a post up guard because mm-hmm. he's got great size. And he's got great ability around the rim, and and he needs to be a spot up three point shooter. Yeah, I mean that that that's his game. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with only having that part of your game, and that's exactly. fine. Yep. And, but Herbert Jones and Kyra Lewis need to be our primary ball handlers. I think our starting lineup needs to be uh, Hall, Mac, Petty, Lewis, and uh, somebody Jones and Herbert Jones. Yeah. So uh, that's just my opinion, and and. You know, I don't think both Herbert and Kyra need to be out of the game at the same time. No. One of them has to stay in to be the primary ball handler. I mean, unless you're playing a team that that's, doesn't have great guard play, mm-hmm. then you can let Dazon be a primary ball handler because sometimes he's capable of making good decisions and, yeah. and not turning the ball over. I but know. he's too loose with the basketball at times and doesn't make really good decisions. And, and that really gets Alabama – or puts Alabama in a bind. and it And does. gets him, you know, on the ropes, so to speak. So – uh uh, that's just kind of my two cents. Dazon does not – nothing against Dazon. I like Dazon. I do too. I think he's a good player, but he's, he's not a ball handler. No, he's not. So maybe Avery can see that and kind of kind of switch some things up as far as the lineup goes and mm-hmm. the rotation goes. And uh, We need to get Alex Reese back going. He yeah. was a great player off the bench early in the season, and yeah. I don't know what's happened to him over the last month. He only had two, two yeah, minutes. Yeah, I mean, he's, 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 he's fallen off Same. a little bit. So we need to get him back going. Yeah. That's, that's a key – for the bench, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens on that front with I, Alex. And, and I like uh, Galen Smith's play here lately. He's done really well, I I thought. So, um be good to, to see him light a spark, you know, off the bench as well uh, whenever um, Hall has to go out. Yeah, but, and Jake touched on it. We need more consistency from Tevin Mack. Yeah. And, uh, but really, I mean, it's it's bad that Kyra is the most consistent player. And he's 17. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that it's just you would think that with the amount of upperclassmen that the Alabama has and guys that's played, I mean, John Petty's only a sophomore, but he's played a lot of basketball games at Alabama. So oh, yeah, I mean, and nothing against him, and because he's actually played much better this season, I believe, than he, than he did he his did. freshman season. Yeah. He's at least more consistent. So, yeah. but as far as Kyra Lewis goes, I mean, he's he's our leading scorer. He's I think he's our leading assist guy. So. It it's just uh, it, it's bad when the youngest guy on your team is the most consistent player. Yeah. If we didn't have him, I don't know what this team would look like. Alabama is very fortunate that Kyra Lewis has probably exceeded the expectations of even the coaching staff this season. Yes. 
or Alabama might be looking at a 500 or a losing record right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Kyra has definitely been the been the spark for this team that they needed. Uh, over the last, uh, I mean, his last five games: 13, 24, 18, 17, and 14. So he's, wow. I mean, if he's going to get you 13 plus points a game on a consistent basis, yeah. I mean, what else can you ask for? Exactly. And see, when when you talk about guys that's you know that's been in the program like Dante Hall and and his you can't he can't help quite as much because he's he's a post guy mm-hmm. so he has to be given the ball but I mean you're talking eight three seven eleven and ten mm-hmm. so and we talked about it probably two or three weeks ago mm-hmm. when he doesn't play thirty minutes our team is not as good yeah and over sure. the last five games he's not played a thirty minute ball game and no. we're two and five oh uh, yeah that's right so. I mean, it, it, I don't think it's that difficult. I think Avery's making it a little more difficult than what he might need to be. Yeah. And I think we should just get back to the basics, uh, get Petty back in the starting lineup, let Dazon come off the bench and, and come off some screens and catch the ball on the perimeter for, you know, a three point, a spot-up three-point shot and mm-hmm. then post him up on the smaller guards and and kind of use that as, as part, of your, part of your bench and get Alex Reese back going. And, yeah. and, and I think if they do that – Along with Galen Smith and, and a couple other guys, Raleigh Norris, of course, Alabama can can be a, a potent team. I agree, and they're they they can beat anybody. Yeah. So obviously the season's not over. You know, it's not the sky's not falling. The sky's not falling, but uh, it's just frustrating. If you lose this next game, yeah, the sky might be falling. Yeah, it's and it's getting awful cloudy. I think even Avery said that. Yeah. So it's uh, it's time to pick it up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I know we we have both made comment that we believe that John Petty is the most important guy on the team, which I, you know, I, I tend to agree with that. But you know, you just said it. You know, when Dante Hall has not you know has not played you know thirty minutes in the last you know seven games, and we're two and five. So you know, he's he's a very important part of this team. I think you know that's why I keep stressing we've got to get him the ball more. I mean. The dude's long and lanky. I mean, he don't have yeah. to jump much to, to dunk it. Just give him the ball and let him go to town. You know, let him go to town. But I don't like to see him post up – or not post up, but, but you know, go out of the post and try to shoot, you know, right. face up. I just don't like seeing that. But, you know, I, I think I think get him going early will, and you'll see a lot a lot of difference in the team. Yeah. Well, and, and their spacing's not good all the time. No. It's inconsistent on the spacing. Uh, and then it doesn't allow Kyra and, and Herb yep. to, to drive the lane and, and find Hall, you know, running baseline or, or you lob it mm-hmm. up for a dunk. So it's uh, – and one, one thing about Petty and, and I, you know, watching that game a couple uh, – I guess last week against Mississippi State, mm-hmm. I didn't expect to win that game on the mm-hmm. road. No. But Petty played 23 minutes and only had uh, five shot attempts. That's crazy. So, I mean, he's he's got he's got to get the get the ball more, uh, or get the more shots up. Yeah, is exactly. what I should say. But uh, you know, he he actually played really well Saturday uh, against Florida. I mean, he finished with ten points on four of seven shooting, two of five from the three point line. So, I mean, that uh, what do you? That's yeah. You can't ask for much more than that from a bench player. Exactly. So, uh, I think it's time to move him back into the starting lineup. He's playing really well defensively. So. Uh, I think it's just time to get him back in there and, and kind of see what he can do and, and kind of move Dazon back to the back to the bench. And like I said, this is not a knock on Dazon. I like no, Dazon. I do too. But he's not being used correctly. He's, he's not, not a primary ball handler, and he doesn't need to be used as one. And that goes back to, to Avery Johnson, you know. Right. That's coaching. Coaching, matchups. Know your you know. personnel. Yeah. So, 
you know, I, we're not knocking the team. We're just we're just giving to you how we feel, and you know, it's just it's just frustrating as as a Bama fan right now, basketball wise, because it's just you see, like I say, you see this team play so well against the number one team in the nation, a couple you know, what a month ago, mm-hmm. and now we're you know. We're losing to Florida at home by a bunch. Yeah, you know? by nearly by eighteen points. Yeah, I mean it's it's unacceptable. It, it really that, that's the right word. It it, yeah. it is unacceptable. And, and as Alabama basketball fans, we know we're not Kentucky. No, I understand that, but I don't think it's unreasonable for us to feel like we shouldn't lose at home to Florida by eighteen points. No, so. No. That's just kind of our two cents on the Alabama yeah. basketball situation. But like we said, we hope they turn around. We hope they win out mm-hmm. in, in, in the regular season and, and you know play well when it comes to SEC tournament time and and hopefully get in uh, to the uh, to the big dance. And uh, I mm-hmm. think right now, I, I haven't seen the update of Joe Lenardi, but I believe I heard somewhere that they're still in the tournament as an 11 seed as of right now. So. But got to win, got to win the next two for sure. Right. You can't, you can't go into the, I believe it'd be the LSU game losing mm-hmm. to, to Texas A and M and Vanderbilt. So. And I ask, um, I cannot thank the guys that, that we follow. We ask all the uh, college questions, college basketball questions too. Um, but I would give him credit for this. But I asked him, he was at, he was doing a, a Q and A, and I asked him, I said, what is Alabama's? You think they're ceiling in the tournament time? And he said it's. It could be a Sweet 16 team. And I believe that. But the team that played Saturday, they're not a, that's not a Sweet 16 team. Uh, that's not, a team that's going to get beat in the first round. Of the NIT. Yeah, of the NIT. So, yeah, we'll just kind of see what happens from here. Like we said, a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wish them the best. We wish Avery the best. We yes. don't want Avery to get fired because if he gets fired, that means our program's not doing good. Exactly. So we want Avery to keep his job because we want him to keep winning. And he's a great recruiter. Yes. I mean, look what he's brought in. Yes. I mean, we had Colin Sesson last year. Who would have thought we would have had that kid? Right. I mean. Got another. And, and Kyra Lewis is yes. a great kid. Exactly. Got a really good class coming up. So the talent is there. Yeah. It's just. Translating that to, to more wins and, and wins that you should get anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's all we got on, on Bama hoops. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, to some uh, the coaching, uh, I guess, announcements for for Alabama football, and uh, we've we've touched on them a few times uh, this off season, and uh, but it's kind of been finalized now. Yeah. Uh, we have Steve Sarkeesian as the as the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach. Uh, Jeff Banks is, is the special teams coordinator and the tight ends coach. Kyle Flood is the offensive line coach. Charles Huff is the associate head coach and the running backs coach. And uh, Holman Wiggins is, is now the uh, the wide receivers coach. So that's that's the offensive staff. Uh, I think it's a really solid staff. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have questioned, and even me at first, the Steve Sarkeesian hire. But with, with the type of guys that they have now on that offensive staff, I, I see more of a – a, a pro style attack coming up, and, mm-hmm. and it may not even be this this coming season with Tua, but moving forward when you know when you got a battle between a between you know it seems like Paul Tyson and Mac Jones and and uh, Talia Tonga oh, yeah. So it, I could I could see a, a pro style attack coming uh, coming in the near future for Alabama. Yeah, and you know we we like you said we've covered some of them. I love the Kyle Flood uh, hire, the Charles Huff hire, um, Steve Sarkeesian. My my point that I made uh, when we first talked about when he was kind of rumored to be the new uh, coordinator, you know, 
he did, like I said, he did score 31 points against Clemson with a quarterback at the time who could not throw a ball, you know, throw really well in Jalen Hurts. So um, I think he will be he will be just fine. I mean, he knows a little bit about the program already for being there. So um, I, I'm excited, um, and I, I I agree with Stacy. I think we're going to move to more of a of a like a ground and pound getting back to to Bama football, you know, like we used to do a few years ago when we had, of course, Derek Henry and Ingram Richardson, you know, just ground and pound and off topic a little bit. Trent Richardson, speaking of him, he is dominating in the AAF with the Birmingham Iron. That team is amazing. They still they're the only team. That's not giving up a touchdown yet in the AAF, so uh, just a shout-out to them. But Yeah, three um, touchdowns through two games for, for Trent Richardson. Yeah. And all have come in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So uh, it's um, – but but going back to the offensive staff, I think it's really it's, – it's, it's going to be it's gonna be fine. I mean, the biggest thing is we can't lose Nick Saban. <laughs> that, that's, that is what – you know, whenever that time does come. And, and I'm a realistic Alabama fan. Within the next five, five years, five, six, seven years, I know it's going to happen – and uh, we'll see what happens then. But but the staff he's got he's got built on the offensive side. I like the staff. I, I do really too. do. I think it's, I lo- I love Charles Huff. I, I think do too. I think he's going to be outstanding for our running game. Yeah, and, and they're all good recruiters. You yeah. know, look what Sarkeesian did. You know, what he type of level or talent he got quarterback wise. You know, when he was at USC. You know, so. Uh, I think I think we're going to be all right. Yeah. Now the defensive side. Yeah, you know, on the defensive side, uh, we announced that Pete Golding will be the defensive coordinator and the inside linebackers coach. Uh, Brian Baker is the uh, is the defensive line coach and also associate head coach. Uh, Charles Kelly, of course, was brought in to be the associate defensive mm-hmm. coordinator to kind of give a you know a, a voice to, to to Pete Golding. He's also going to coach the safeties. Uh, Carl Scott's the cornerbacks coach. And, of course, we bring back Sal Sensory to coach the outside linebackers. I love that one. I love how, having Sal back. And, yes. of course, we got Tino as a boy and, and Vinny, who played at Alabama, yep. as, a, as a, I guess, analyst or yeah. you know, off-the-field coaches in some capacity there. So, the defensive staff, it is it's once again, it's solid. A lot mm-hmm. of experience on that side of the ball. I think Saban wanted to surround a young guy like Pete with – with with some experience and uh, mm-hmm. you know kind of some wisdom so to speak and uh, you know I, I've heard a lot of people say that that Nick Saban really thinks a lot of Pete Golding and that he thinks that he has a really bright future and that Pete's the type of guy that could stay around for you know the rest of Saban's tenure to be his defensive coordinator and uh, and and Saban really likes the guy and thinks he thinks he's going to do well um, the. I love uh, having Sunsiri back. Um, I really like all the coaches. There was an article that came up back in January, and uh, we didn't get a chance to discuss it. It's about Pete Golan, but uh, apparently, you know, I'm not. I, I just kind of questioned the the move of what this article. If it's 100 percent true, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just reading you what what the article says. Apparently, Dan Eno said that Golding, not Lapoy, was calling the defense for halfway during the season because Poy was having trouble at practice trying to get, you know, players um, and packages in and stuff. If that's the case, then if he was calling that defense against, you know, Clemson, that was a terrible performance on the defense. So I'm hoping. 
it you know it don't translate to our defense you know being terrible next year, which I know it won't. But I just have a little bit of question about that. But it 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 could you know he could be the best defensive coordinator we've had since well, Kirby. You know? I mean, even if that's true, and I, I've mm-hmm. heard the same rumor that yeah. that that Golding was calling the plays and and Lapoy was doing more of the game planning. Yeah, part of it. Even if that's true, it would be an overreaction to have a reaction either way. Okay. I mean, it, it's hard if you're doing a a cold defensive coordinator thing where one guy's doing the game plan and then one guy's calling the plays. That's not going to work. I don't care how much talent you have. Yeah. It's not going to work if if one guy's game planning you to do this and another guy's calling the plays defensively. Yeah. That's not going to work. And if that happened, I can't believe Saban let it happen. Right. And I think that maybe it did happen, and Saban realized he didn't make a good decision there. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason you've seen all the changes on the defensive side of the football. Right. So I think Saban knows what he's doing. Oh, Saban yeah. knows what he wants. Saban knows what he likes. Yeah. And if he thinks Pete Golden is the answer on the defensive side of the ball as far as the coordinator position goes, then, then you know, you got to trust him. Uh, yeah. I mean, I trust the guy. You know, I trust Saban, and, and I don't um, – you know, take away from anything that Saban's ever done. Um, but, you know, that was just a rumor that had popped up. And, of course, it could have been just Dan Enos throwing shade for after his, you know, him leaving. But, you know, I don't I don't know. But we'll, we'll see how the defense is. I, I do expect us to be a whole lot better defensively next year. Um, we got a lot of talent coming in. You know, we've talked about um, Antonio uh, Alfano coming in. That's going to be great see him. Um you know, defense. We got Moses back and linebackers. Um, so it's secondary be, will for sure be really good. Everybody's back pretty much back there, right? Besides uh, DT. So yeah, the the secondary will be be the strong point of of the defense next season. That's gonna be great. Um, I got to replace a lot of guys on the defensive line. You know, get mm-hmm. get some more depth there. But you know, so look for people like Antonio Alfano to play early. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, I think the defense will be solid. Uh, and uh, I like the staff. I like the, you know, the the direction the program's, I guess, going. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's, it's in the same direction it's been for the last decade, but you right. understand what I'm saying. I, yeah. I don't think they're going away anytime soon. No, they're not. But uh, that's all we got on, uh, you know, as far as covering the the coaching announcements and the, mm-hmm. you know, who's coaching what and where and all that. But uh, before we go, we're going to touch on – a little NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was All-Star Weekend this last weekend, and uh, I didn't watch any of it. I didn't either. My, uh, my oldest daughter plays uh, TVBA basketball, so we had tournaments this last weekend. and uh, So I wasn't at home any. Yeah. <laughs> I was gone Friday night when I got off work until almost midnight and was gone all day Saturday and all day Sunday, so I didn't get to watch any of it. But – uh you know, obviously Kevin Durant won the won the MVP for mm-hmm. Team LeBron as they yep. I think come back from twenty points down at one point in that game. Yeah. Uh, and then it seemed to spark a debate on you know on TV of you know is this kind of a passing of the torch from LeBron to KD and mm-hmm. I mean I know they have to have something to fill their airtime. Yeah. But how can a game that doesn't count for anything <laughs> that nobody plays defense in? Yeah. Be a passing of the torch between one great player to another. Right. 
To me, that's just a that's just yeah. a idiotic take. And you want to talk about the defense? It was one seventy eight to one sixty four. There is absolutely no defense played in that game. So yeah, you know I agree with that. I put that poll out on Twitter, and only I only have four votes so far. But you know, of course, I'm with Stacy. LeBron is the the best player. You know, of course, we could debate all night on who is the greatest player of all time, either him, or Michael Jordan. We could. That's a totally different topic. But for right now. Uh, he is the best player in the NBA. The The biggest one, you know, I brought up as well was who's the most important player to their team, um, you know, right now. And I said LeBron, Kevin Durant, or the Greek Freak. Um, I know you, you commented and said LeBron. Um, to me, personally, is is um, – I can never say his name. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, because without him, the Milwaukee Bucks probably setting at you know twenty wins, at, at least. Uh, for I should I should say, not team, but for for a city, he's probably the most important player for a city because uh, him being in Milwaukee uh, has really, you know, uh, improved. They're kind of just him being there is. They're getting a lot of highlights. They're getting on TV a little bit more, just because he is so fun to watch. I mean, last or the uh, think last night in the uh, NBA game, um, Seth Curry just did a huge bounce pass off the backboard, and he went to dunk it. Man, the dude's fun to watch. Uh, I really like him as as a player, and he seems like he's a good guy as a person. Um, of course, he's. I made a comment a few weeks ago that he did say he was. You know he plans on staying in Milwaukee, but for you know the rest of his um, his NBA career. But we'll see how that goes. You know everybody wants to win a championship, so if they don't, you know, get any better, any better players around him, you know he may think elsewhere. But who knows on that? Yeah, I mean, I think is the three guys that you put up there. Mm-hmm. I think Giannis is the second most important. LeBron, but first. LeBron's the first. I mean. LeBron literally, the team that he leaves, literally goes to become the worst team in the league. That's a good point. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it happened when he left Cleveland the first time. Mm-hmm. Miami really struggled after he left. Yep. I mean, they haven't been they haven't been the same since. Uh-uh. So, and then, then he, when he goes back to Cleveland, they go from being the worst team to playing in four straight NBA finals. Yep. So, there's no other player that brings more value to their team as far as getting wins and taking you somewhere than what LeBron James does. Mm-hmm. Now, in two to three years, it will be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's still LeBron because if LeBron is not on the Lakers, I mean, we've seen what they've done when he was out for several games. They won six out of 18. Yeah, they were terrible. I think they were six and 11, yeah. I believe is what they were. It was so, crazy. I mean, I, <laughs> LeBron is the most valuable player to mm-hmm. to to his respected team, and then it's Giannis. Obviously, yeah. I mean now the the uh, Bucks have a couple of really good you know second tier players in Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. So I mean they're they're really good players, and they got guys like Mike, Malcolm Brogdon that's a mm-hmm. really solid player. Of course, Brook Lopez has been around forever. He's going to get you double digit points. Mm-hmm. So you know they have they have nice guys around Giannis, mm-hmm. but Giannis is obviously the guy that that. That pulls the weight. I oh, mean, yeah. You're talking about the guy who leads the team in points, rebounds, <laughs> and, assists. and assists. Yeah. So, you know, he's averaging 27 points, almost 13 rebounds, and six assists. And 
And he, the dude's just going to get better. Oh, yeah. I mean, what is he, 24 years old? He's – Is that when he is, 24? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's 24. Yeah, 24. He just turned 24 in December. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that the dude is unreal. He is. I mean, he's still not a great three-point shooter. He's shooting a, a 22% this yeah. year. That's his only downfall. But if he ever gets to it, even just 30% from the three-point line, mm-hmm. I mean, that dude's going to be unstoppable. Yeah. And he practically is without a three-point shot. Yeah. So he's he creates the mo- he creates the second most value for his team. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's still LeBron, uh, but obviously that's going to start changing as he as he gets a little older and mm-hmm. uh, starts to wear down a little bit. And people are acting like he's already wearing down. No, he's not. He's not wearing down. And he's <laughs> making you know um, comment off of what you uh, said earlier. Yeah, Giannis has like you said, Chris Middleton. He's got some secondary players. And in all in all honesty, all the bronze got is probably Brandon Ingram, you know. So he's only got one guy to compliment well, him. Well, I I would say Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. But but the problem is is they're not guys that can have I know LeBron's going to be ball dominant, but they don't have a guy that can do anything with the ball. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean Ingram Ingram has great length and athleticism. Yeah. But he's most of the time not going to beat guys off the dribble. Exactly. And neither yeah. is Kuzma. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, other, other than that, you know, um, I, just, I just put them out to be a fun poll, I thought. Uh, try to get, you know, something stirred up just to, you know, uh, see what, what people thought. And, um, but I, I'm with you. I, I, I like um, Giannis, but, but the best player – in the NBA right now, of course, is LeBron and will be until he decides to pass the torch to either Giannis or Kevin Durant, whichever one. And see, I, I'm not sure that, that by the time LeBron retires, if Giannis hadn't already surpassed Kevin Durant. Probably so. Yeah. Now, he may not have the championships, but I'm talking right. as far as a player goes, mm-hmm. I, I think Giannis may mm-hmm. may overtake KD. Yeah. Now, that's saying a lot because Kevin Durant's been a – been a heck of a player for a mm-hmm. decade now. Oh yeah. So, you know, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, sell Durant short because he's he's a spectacular player. He is. And I heard something else uh, the other day um, on the radio, and and it it made sense. You know, LeBron. There's only one time that he went and and got other players. He got Bosch and Wade was already at Miami, but Durant. Was pretty him and Russell Westbrook was the guy at Oklahoma State or Oklahoma City, and he left that to go to be with a pretty much four big you know big time NBA stars to get his championship. LeBron's pretty much done it by himself. Look what he did in Cleveland; he did it by himself. He's probably going to will he's probably going to will the Lakers into the playoffs. I don't know how how deep they're going to go, but I, I, I do I, I stand by the fact that they will yeah. make the playoffs this year, and it's gonna. I mean, it's going to piss a lot of people off because they're already, uh, mm-hmm. you know, saying it's over with for LeBron. I it's mean, not. I just don't get that. No. Until I see a playoff uh, start that doesn't have LeBron James in it, I'm going to think he's going to be there. Exactly. Because he's done it time and time, time, and, time, and, time, and, time and time again. And, and, you know, people can hate LeBron all they want to. That's fine. That doesn't matter. But you have to be able to uh, compartmentalize your hate for the person LeBron James, mm-hmm. and then respect the greatness that he is. Because right. LeBron James 
is an all-time great. I mean, right. it's there's not going to be another LeBron James for a long time. No, there's not. Giannis is not going to be another LeBron James. Kevin Durant is not going to be another LeBron James. No. Uh, there, there's nobody out there right now. Even Zion Williamson is not going to be another LeBron James. Nope. I mean, what we're seeing and what we've seen over the past, what, 15, 16 years yeah. is – I mean, almost unprecedented. I mean, yeah. there's only been a couple guys ever to be like LeBron James. So mm-hmm. the hate form that people have is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And it and I think that makes people like me who, I mean, I don't really have a team that I pull for, but I, I just pull for LeBron because there's so many people that hate him mm-hmm. and want him to fail. Right. Yep. So that's that's probably my – that's my two cents on LeBron. But – uh. <laughs> You know, we, we enjoy the NBA, and I want to say this about the NBA All-Star Weekend. I think it's the most well-put-together of all the oh, professional yeah. All-Stars. Right. Uh, I mean, the baseball is too serious for me. I mean, mm-hmm. the the team that wins – or the, the league that wins gets to host home. the World Series. Yep. Home That's crappy. Game. That's supposed to be a fun week for them guys, and now they got to worry about winning the game. Yeah, exactly. In the NBA, they're just out there having fun, and it's – uh. That and that's what the fans want to see. They want to see them guys kind of let loose for 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 a few days. Right. And, you know, you get that dunk contest and and the and the three point shootout and the skills, the skills. challenge yeah. and then and then the all star game to to top it all off. Where where the greatest basketball players in the world just cut loose and have fun for a couple hours. Yeah, jack up threes from half court. I mean, it's just it's fun to watch and and it's kind of it's kind of refreshing to see, you know, a professional. sport. Uh, you know, a professional mm-hmm. sport, you know, not take themselves too seriously. Exactly. Yep. So uh, that's all we got for tonight. Uh, we didn't get it in in our 35 minutes that we kind of no. wanted, but uh, that's okay. We hope you all enjoy the episode. Like always, make sure you follow our podcast Twitter page at, at, at DoubleCub underscore pod. Uh, you can follow me, Stacy Blackwood, at Blackwood89. And I'm at J- JTH Double Cover one Well, that's all we got, guys. We hope you all have a good evening, and uh, we'll see you all next time. See you all.